Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Hey, guess what? We want to hear from you specifically. We have been doing the Money Advantage podcast for over three years, and we've covered a lot of ground, financially speaking. But if you have been listening and you have not heard us answer your burning question, we would love to be able to do that. So we have a great new way for you to be able to communicate your specific thoughts and ask us a question that we can answer live on the show. If you go to themoneyadvantage.com, you can click on the link at the top right-hand corner that says, send us a voicemail. And you can record a voicemail that we can play on the air. Now, this can be done from your desktop or even from a cell phone. It's literally so simple, and it's a way for you to be able to share your thoughts with us so that we can give the most specific, clarifying answers to you, because that really energizes us. All right, good morning, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner, and today we're talking about direct versus non-direct recognition, and this has to do with the dividend treatment of a whole life policy when you have loans outstanding. Now, I just want to give a little bit of context for this really quickly. Life insurance is one small piece of a much bigger picture and journey to building time and money freedom that helps you do everything in your financial life better. Now, this is one particular question and conversation topic that I think a lot of people have on their mind and crossing their radar that we want to address today. And most specifically, if you are getting ready to start a whole life policy, and you're in a position of saying, well, what is direct versus non-direct recognition? What does this mean? How does it apply to me? Does it matter? And really, should this be part of my decision-making process? That's what we want to be able to answer for you today. So even more importantly, you probably have heard somebody at some point in time say, always use this one kind of recognition, either direct or non-direct, and never use this other. And whenever you hear language like that, usually there's some type of person influencing you to do what's in their best interest, or maybe they're having some kind of biased information. But our objective is to really be non-biased, factual, give you the meat and potatoes of life insurance and everything that we talk about financially so that you can be empowered to make decisions. So if you want to really understand how direct versus non-direct recognition impacts your policy's growth, especially when you take policy loans and having your ability to borrow against the policy and use it for privatized banking, and really you want to figure out, most importantly, does this matter? This is the show for you. So Bruce, good morning. Good morning. Um, I Just quickly, I would say, uh, yes, there, everybody's always been trying to influence you by marketing. Um, and that doesn't mean that it, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't try to understand, you know, direct versus non-direct. But there are companies out there that are have thrived for 125 plus years. Some of them are direct, some of them are non-direct. So uh, in our free market society, if one was considerably better than the other, then they would not survive. It's just basic economics. So I, I want really people good to perspective. Re- yeah, I want to, I want people to keep that in mind as we talk today. Um, because I've said this before on the podcast, I say it in, in about every other client meeting, there's no such thing as a deal in, in insurance companies or products. 
you're always giving up something if you get something in return. And the, and that teeter-totter cannot swing too far because if it swings too far, then you're out of the risk uh, profile that insurance companies are comfortable with. And uh, they won't get out of that profile risk. So it, it, does, way- it really doesn't matter that much. Yeah, the way I like to think about that there's no deals and no trade-off is that you really do have to think about you as a policy owner are in a position of you want a mutually beneficial relationship with this insurance carrier. And if they did things that were only in your best interest and not in theirs, then they would be unsustainable and they would be not able to keep up their promises and their guarantees for all their other policy owners and for you in the long term. And so really from a big picture perspective, we want what's best for them and what's best for us because we want to be able to depend on them for a really long time. So I really like that you share that in that, um, that balancing act. I mean, I was going to say dichotomy. It's not that though. It's really a balancing act between making sure that you're getting the best of both worlds and the life insurance company is too. So Let's zoom out again just for a quick second. So why are we talking about this in general? We are talking specifically about using whole life insurance with a mutual company. This is a dividend, dividend, my goodness, dividend paying life insurance policy that's designed specially so that you have maximum early cash value and maximum long-term growth. All right, no problem. Okay, so what we're looking at here is the privatized banking is a piece of building your time and money freedom. It's really a place to be able to store cash where you have safety, you have liquidity, you have growth, meaning this is growing at a good rate for you. And it's through interest and dividends. One key piece that we're talking about today is the dividend portion. And then it also is accessible cash so that you can access and use this capital. And that's one of the primary features that just really makes it really advantageous for you. Not only are you storing this cash, it's not locked up where you can never access and use it. If you had an emergency or an opportunity, you can tap into this cash value inside your whole life policy with a policy loan and be able to then repay that loan really however and whenever you choose. So the interesting piece is that your loan can impact your dividend. And so there's a relationship between dividends and loans that we want to address today specifically. Bruce, is there anything else we want to share kind of about the lay of the land or the big picture to make sure that we're bringing this into focus? Well, I do. I think um, we have to go, it always comes back to um, crediting of dividends and that dividends are simply declared by the company. And you don't even really know the formula that they use. Some companies do a completely gross dividend. Some people, some companies do a what they call a net dividend, and some some companies do a, like a blended dividend um, in a situation. So the crediting, so that brings in another um, factor when you're trying to decide whether it's direct versus non-direct. And then finally, the the thing that I want to um, kind of hammer home is. The only way you can actually look at this, even if you do what's called an enforced illustration that says, hey, what if I do take a loan and I pay it back? Or what if I take a loan and you can actually do an enforced illustration. But those enforced illustrations are simply projections at today's dividend rates. And um, we have gotten in our industry lately because of the Internet, we've gotten so far away from this concept that. Uh, the dividend rates are not guaranteed to go into the future. 
Now, all the great companies that we use have paid dividends every year in the history for over 100 years, and in some cases, 125 years. But people got to stop looking 30, 40 years down the line at the, at the illustrations because they are not, that's not what's going to happen mm-hmm. because interest rates are going to change and sometimes they're going to be higher, sometimes they're going to be lower. Um, so I think that's what, as people listen to this, they have to understand that illustrations are a snapshot in time. And really what you're trying to focus on is your actual saving habits, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think that's going to be a thread that we talk about through this whole podcast today and that you probably will hear us talk about at the end of every episode, especially when we're talking about some of these nuances or smaller picture pieces of understanding life insurance and how it works. And really the big picture we want to always come back to is if I can save money and I can build capital and I can be able to access and use that money and I'm establishing, as you're talking about, Bruce, these good savings habits in my life, what's the best tool to use to hold that cash from my good savings habits? And that's where privatized banking is a fascinating, very valuable tool for that. So I love that you brought up gross versus net dividends because that is something that dividends across the board from one company to the next don't necessarily compare as apples to apples. What is really important to remember though, if you're coming into this conversation kind of fresh and maybe you're not familiar with dividends, dividends are the portion of a whole life policy that are not guaranteed. So you have guaranteed premium, you have a guaranteed cash value amount, dollar amount, and you have a guaranteed death benefit. Your cash value is growing in two ways. One with guaranteed interest, and that forms a guaranteed cash value. Then you have your non-guaranteed dividends. Any illustration, whether you get one today before you put a policy in place or whether you get an in-force illustration, as Bruce was mentioning, that means you've been in a policy for a while and you get a illustration showing where you currently stand and projecting forward based on today's dividend. Either way that you look at an illustration, you're going to see values every single year out into the future or the end of the policy, usually at age 121. And when you look at that, though, we need to remember that that is not a guarantee of how the dividends will perform in the future. So one of the things we're talking about today is how do policy loans impact your dividends that are paid into your policy? Now, I think what we just need to do at the very beginning here is talk about what is direct recognition and what is non-direct recognition. Bruce, I'm going to share from my big picture lens first, and then I'd like you to kind of dig in to what that exactly means. So direct recognition is a way of the life insurance company recognizing that you have an outstanding policy loan and paying dividends according to that recognition that you have an outstanding policy loan on a portion of your cash value. So the way I like to remember it is direct recognition means the life insurance company directly recognizes this policy has a loan and pays dividends differently according to that information. Non-direct recognition is the opposite meaning the life insurance company looks at your policy and they do not recognize whether or not you have a loan and they pay dividends the same whether you have outstanding loans or not. So Bruce, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, the only thing I would add is when they recognize the loan, they they have a direct recognition of the loan. So they lower the uh, crediting on only that portion. And the other portion, they keep the crediting the same as the declared dividend. So very simply, 
let's just say there's a hundred thousand dollars of premium that you've put in and you've taken a loan of fifty thousand. If they declare a dividend of five five point eight percent, um, they will they will declare the dividend on the five point eight percent that has not been borrowed against. Um, so at fifty thousand, the fifty thousand that is, there are a variety of ways they reduce it, but it's going to be a lower number. Um, say let's say in this case they say well that at fifty thousand you you uh, borrowed against we are only going to give you a crediting of of four percent on that particular amount and so then you would have an average crediting of four and five point eight percent um of of what would that be uh four point nine percent uh four point nine percent on average and it would only average crediting because it was 50 50. Mm-hmm. if it was you, you took a $75,000 loan and a 25% loan, then you'd have a three quarters to 25 to, to one quarter crediting on that particular loan. So that's the only thing I'd like to add on that. The other one, they just simply don't even recognize. They pretend you don't even have a loan and they credit it. Typically though, Rachel, and once again, I always hesitate to say this because a declared dividend doesn't mean exactly you're going to get that crediting of your cash value. But typically, a non-direct recognition company, a company that does not recognize the loan, loans that they still credit it, credit it they have a, a lower declared dividend rate than a direct recognition company. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people say, when they're just comparing the uh, dividend rates, which I once again, you know, you cannot com- you cannot compare dividend rates because there's no standard. Um, they will say, well, I want to go with this company because they have a higher dividend rate, not knowing that if they ever borrow against the policy, that that credited dividend rate on the part portion that you're borrowing against will actually be lower. And so the crediting yes. could potentially be lower going forward. And so once again, really this is important. marketing. Yes. So this is really, really important to recognize. Another part of this that I like to think about just for my context, and I think might be helpful to you if you're listening or watching as well, is that again, so the direct recognition company is the one that does recognize a loan. They're going to have two dividend rates. There's, they're going to have a dividend rate for what is not borrowed against in your cash value and a dividend rate for what is borrowed against. So direct recognition has two dividend rates a non-direct recognition company is going to have one dividend rate. And so what you're saying, Bruce, is that if we're in a position where direct recognition has two rates, they can state a higher rate knowing that when loans are taken, the people who borrow against their policy for the portion that's borrowed against, they're going to pay a lesser dividend. And the average of all of that might end up being a little bit lower, but they've started with this higher dividend rate the non-direct recognition company that has only one dividend rate, which factors everybody always gets the same dividend crediting rate applied. And granted, then they're not necessarily getting the full dividend in in the policy, but the dividend rate is going to be one dividend rate. That's usually going to be a little bit lower. And so kind of stepping back from the big picture here where we look at company A has a five and a half percent dividend and company B has a four and a half percent dividend 
if you're not realizing that there could be direct and non-direct recognition differences between those companies, you could say, oh, this one with the five and a half percent dividend, I think I used the right, the same numbers I went, yeah, okay, yeah, five and a half and four, I think is what I said. Four and a half, five and a half, four five and a half. half, four and a half. So five and a half, well, of course I should go with that company. They pay a higher dividend. However, if that is a direct recognition company and you're planning to use that cash value and borrow against your policy on a regular basis and be taking maximum loans, you're not going to be realizing that full higher dividend. And so there is a lot of nuance to this, but I think big picture recognizing, recognizing is a hard word to throw into this concept because we're talking about recognition, but understanding that a direct recognition company is going to have two rates, their published dividend is going to be higher non-direct is going to have one rate and their published dividend is going to be a little bit lower. That helps you to be able to make decisions. Yeah. Non-direct recognition companies will say why we don't want to penalize the people that are actually taking, not taking loans because the people that are taking loans, we can actually make more money on that loan than we can actually get on the loan interest itself. And we were talking before the show just real quickly that that used to be true, but because interest rates have been pushed down so much for the 10-year treasury now at 0.979, the 20-year treasury at 1.53, and the 30-year treasury at 1.739. Now, that doesn't count. They do also uh, invest in corporate bonds, mm-hmm. but, but it's economics. If the, if the treasury bonds from the United States government are low, the corporate bonds they don't have to be that much higher to entice people to actually invest in them. So there's something that all these companies use, and it's called the Moody's Bond Index. And it's really what they try to set their uh, interest rate on. The, their board of directors will use that. Most of the companies, though, have a floor now of 5%. That floor they, meaning you're talking about a floor for their loan loans that they charge rates. will be five percent. They will not will not go any lower. So However, meaning the, if I'm a policy owner and I want to take a policy loan, then I will pay five percent to the life insurance company for the use of that loan. So go correct. ahead. Correct. Even though Moody's index is currently four point three seven percent. So the Moody's index would say if they were to follow it directly. They would say they they would only charge four point three seven percent, and yet and then I would say yes. Now a direct recognition company is saying, well, wait a minute, I can only get four point three seven on average of the Moody's index. Um, so yes, I'm penalizing these other people because I'm only charging four point three seven. A a direct a non direct recognition company. I've actually talked to the investment people at these companies. They love life insurance loans now because they know they're going to get 5% return and they can't get that with the treasuries. They can't get that kind of return with the treasuries. I think that just, you just said that really clearly because to understand this, we have to step our feet into the shoes of the life insurance company for a second because they're trying to get as high of a return as possible, but very conservatively and long range. So of course, they're not going to go throw all their money into equities market because that's not what life insurance companies are doing that want to be around for the next hundreds and hundreds of years. They're looking for stable, consistent, conservative returns. However, if they have an opportunity to get 5% from a life insurance policy borrower 
who's borrowing money from them, they're making 5% on that money versus putting the money into the bond market and getting, I don't know, you mentioned a bunch of different rates, but getting less than that. Now it's attractive to send my money out to work in policy owners' loans. Yeah, and remember, everybody is actually benefiting in a mutual company to from the returns of the insurance company. So dividends. Now, so now through dividends. So now you can say the people that are in a non-direct recognition company, you could say they are also benefiting because they're actually charging more for an interest uh, for everybody than they could actually make in the open market. So, so that means the life insurance company. If I'm a policy owner and Bruce, you're a policy owner and we're the only two policy owners, you take a loan at 5%, you're paying the 5% interest back to the poli- back to the life insurance company. I am now benefiting because you are taking policy loans because the overall life insurance company, the third party that we're envisioning our perspective from here, now they're benefiting and their growth is more. So their profit is higher, which means I'm going to get a higher dividend. That's right. Even though it's non-direct. So this is the point we've been trying to make for probably about a year with people out there is that the environment changes. So now I would say the non-direct environment is actually a little bit better, a little bit better than the direct recognition environment. When when interest rates push up, you could say, well, the, the loan interest rate would actually push up. So if you don't have an interest or if you don't have a loan in a non in a direct recognition company, if you don't have a loan, then yes, uh, you would benefit from a higher return on the on the um, the dividend because the interest rates are higher. The the opposite is also true if you're at a direct recognition company and you plan on using your money uh, outside of the policy by borrowing against the the uh, cash value. Then, as interest rates recover, then they're actually going to charge you a higher interest rate on your portion, and you're going to get a less dividend on your portion that you have borrowed against. So, you're going to get kind of a double whammy. So, it really depends on the environment. And we are going to go through these ebbs and flows over the next 30 or 40 years that you have your uh, policy in place. So what you really are trying to do is is actually get the benefits of having a policy. You know, Nelson yes. Nash used to always say the best time to do a policy was 20 years from now. The second best time to do a policy is now. So stop thinking about it and do a policy. I agree. I agree. And it's interesting that anything that we think about or overthink, we can push the decision point so far into the future that we never take action. And the problem with that is that you don't start capitalizing a policy now, which means you're not getting the benefit of the growth. You're not having that death benefit in place. You don't get now today, the peace of mind of knowing that your family is going to be taken care of. If something happens to you, you don't have this cash value that you can borrow against. You're not starting the process. And so what we really are hoping that you will learn from this is yes, take action and move forward today. I think what's really interesting to talk about with this as well is the whole idea that when you put your money into a whole life policy, it's different than putting it straight into the bank and and building up a savings account and then taking your money out and paying cash and building up a savings account, taking out your money and paying cash. The reason that it's different inside of a life insurance policy is that with 
the bank, if you just put your money in and then you take it out, you put your money in, take it out. Every time you remove your savings from that account or you remove your cash from the account, you're in a position where your account drops back down to zero and you're resetting the compounding factor on that money because there's no compounding that's happening when you are at zero. So instead, inside of a life insurance policy, you're not putting money in and taking it out and putting money in and taking it out, putting money in and taking it out. Instead, you're putting dollars in. Those dollars are growing with dividends and interest. And then when you use your cash value, you're borrowing against it. The life insurance company is actually giving you their money. It's a life insurance loan you're getting from the life insurance company. They're placing a lien against the portion of your cash value that is the the capital, the collateral for that loan. It's like a secured loan from the life insurance company, secured against a portion of your cash value. Meanwhile, your full cash value continues growing. So the value of that is that you're never resetting the compounding and you're in a position where you are continuing to grow your money, whether or not you keep it inside the policy or whether you put it to work in addition in another place somewhere else. Now, where direct recognition versus non-direct fits in is that you could say, well, in a direct recognition company, I'm still getting the same growth rate on all of my money, even when I'm when I, I have a portion borrowed against. And so that's easier to think about in terms of how much I'm continuing to make traction forward in this policy. When you come to a non-direct recognition policy and you're thinking about using it for a privatized banking and you're thinking about taking those policy loans, yes, you're going to have a little bit less portion of growth on the portion that you're borrowing against. However, the whole cash value still is growing. And I think that's the really important piece to be aware of that you still are not interrupting the compounding. You're still moving forward with all of your cash value, not just with a portion of it. Bruce, is there anything that you wanted to clarify on that portion? No, I just want, uh, the only thing I would say is that remember, remember it's just because there's a declared amount, that doesn't mean that's what you're getting credited. Oh, yes. Because the declared dividend, whether it's declared on the the, uh, whole policy um, premiums that have been put in cash value, or whether it's uh, direct recognition where they recognize a loan, um, whatever dividend is declared is for the entire pool of policyholders. So some policyholders get less than that. Some policyholders get more than that. And it's an average of the declared dividend. People forget that all the time. Yes. And again, why we don't want to use an illustration to say, I know exactly what my policy is going to do every year going forward. Instead, the most important piece is realizing that you have the guarantees. You have a guaranteed cash value amount. You have a guaranteed death benefit. And the policy is going to likely perform even better than that because of non-guaranteed dividends. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So we could go a lot of directions with this. I don't see any specific questions from our listeners. If you have questions on this topic, we'd love to hear from you right now today and we can address them live, or we can also be able to address your questions in a future episode where we'll do something called ask us anything. So if you have questions about this topic or any others with life insurance or any financial concepts, we would love to be able to answer your questions specifically. Um, Bruce, I know that we often, when we're talking about direct versus non-direct recognition, we like to bring up the fact that there is some loan rates with some, oh, two pieces. One is that some loan rates are fixed loan rate and some are variable loan rate. Do you want to explain that? There's just a few, there's a few companies out there that 
they will they will actually declare a you could actually declare at the time of the contract uh, or some are out there at, at the time you take a loan, whether you're going to take a fixed rate for the interest or whether you're going to take a variable rate for the interest. If you take a fixed rate, uh, then they actually in per contract will say that then they will adjust the dividend in a certain uh, mathematical formula way. If you take a variable rate loan, then they won't affect the dividend at all. And that, that kind of makes sense when you think about it, because if you if dividends are based upon mostly on, obviously it's based upon the experience of the company and how well they run the company and their mortality expenses, but the, the investments are actually based mostly on interest rate driven products. I've been, I've been preaching this you know, over and over that um, we are at the lowest interest rate environment, sustained interest rate environment that is probably known by man. So if you believe that interest rates only have one way to go, and that's up in the future, then obviously dividends will actually perform better than what the current environment is into the future, or at least they have a good chance. Mm -hmm. So yes, your variable interest rate will go up, but the only reason it will go up is because interest rates are going up. But if dividend rates are interest rate sensitive, then they will they will actually go up higher than the variable rate, and that's been that's been proven over and over and over where the dividend rate always stays higher than the loan rate. Okay, they marry each other. People say all the time, "Well, I know it's five percent now, but what if it goes to eight? And I say, "Well, that when it has been eight, the dividend rate has been nine and a half. Mm -hmm. So yes. Um, don't worry about that because if you understand that they're both interest rate driven products, one's not going to move independently of the other. Very, very good information to take into consideration. And I loved how you shared that often you'll have a, an effect in the dividend mathematically if it's a variable loan versus if you take a fixed rate loan, no change in the dividend. What's also interesting is that, so as you mentioned, you can usually you can, with many companies, have an option to have variable or fixed rates on your loans. However, I also want to let you know there are some companies that with, okay, so if you look at a life insurance company, many are just direct recognition companies and many are just non-direct recognition companies. However, some companies actually have both options. And when you put the policy in force, you decide which option you want to take going forward. So it's interesting to note that that's a a flexibility piece as well. Now, we want to step back again from this whole direct versus non-direct recognition conversation. I think we've really talked through what it means and how it impacts your policy. So if somebody's asking the direct question, which is better? Which one do I want? I really want to be able to answer this question in a way that will help you the most. And the real truth is it depends. And it depends on much more than just the the fact of whether it's direct recognition or non-direct recognition, that's a very small uh, microscopic almost piece of the bigger picture of thinking, what do I want to do not only with what life insurance company is going to be best for me, but then in the whole grand scheme of my entire financial life, what is the best thing to do going forward? So um, Bruce, let's answer that question. Um, I'll let you take that part first here. Oh, thanks a lot, Rachel. Um, this is, <laughs> this is, uh... The, the, the bottom line is, when you think about it, 
Um, if you believe that, if you believe that you understand the dividend rates, some are gross, some are net. Um, if you believe you understand how you're going to use the policy, um, which I, I've said to you before the podcast, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. And sometimes we put these in place and people say, oh, I don't, I'm not worried about the, um, the availability of cash because I'm never going to, I'm never going to touch the cash. And then two months later, they're calling me up and saying, hey, we're thinking about going on vacation. Can we get $10,000 from our policy? You know, and then we have other people that Thankfully, say- it's there available for them to do that, right? That, yeah, it is. And then we have other people that say, oh yeah, I want to put this in there and then I want to do this and this and this, and then I'm going to take the money, borrow against it and do this. And then they haven't taken a, they haven't taken a policy loan since they set it up. Mm-hmm. So uh, my point is, I don't think people really believe their habits. But if you do believe you're going to use it, then just from that, it would make sense that you you would use a non-direct recognition company. Even if you if that non-direct recognition company has a average lowered crediting dividend, because if you research the companies that are direct recognition and they have a 6.4 and a 4.1, they're almost always going to average what the non-direct recognition companies have as far as a dividend. Once again, mm-hmm. we get back to there's no such thing as a deal in insurance. Oh, it's absolutely. Just, they're, they're all, they all are working on the same mortality tables. They're all investing in the same bonds. You know, they, they all have the same kind of marketing expenses. You know, it's, it's not magic. They're all about the same. What you're really looking for, in my opinion, is really strong financials and service. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. So those are the things I think you should consider. You know, what kind of service are you getting and what kind of financials are you getting? Not to say that all these companies aren't financially sound. I'm not saying that. The problem though is some of them are more financially sound and actually I believe have done a, such a great job of holding their dividends or lowering their dividend rates now that they're actually going to be able to raise their dividend rates a little faster when the interest rate environment goes up because the other ones that have held their dividend rates higher for a longer period of time are now feeling the effects of a long-term dividend rate environment. So they were able to bring people in over the last 10 years because they held their dividend rates, but now they're starting to tick them down because there's so much stress on their portfolios. So even when the portfolio goes back up, they're still going to have some stress on it and they're going to have to gradually come back up. So once again, they're both really, really good. But if you think you're going to be using your money, I would lean towards, and once again, I'm just saying lean towards the um, non-direct recognition companies. If you don't think you're going to use your money, I would lean towards the direct recognition companies. Well, and I think that's really, really valuable for you if you're listening to hear that and to hear that it's a bigger decision than just direct versus non-direct recognition. So we actually have a a past episode that we talked about what are the best life insurance companies and several things we talked about there are making sure that the company has a long history of paying dividends. Many of the strong companies all have that. So another thing is looking for a high financial ratings. So things like their high Comdex score and high Moody and um, Moody and Poor's, is that what it's called? 
Standard and Poor's. Standard and Poor's. Then there's Moody's. Then there's AM Best. There's Fitch's ratings. So you have all these different rating systems that are looking at the financial strength and solvency of a life insurance company. And then you can think too, is this life insurance company one that's running as lean as possible? Or do they have a lot of high overhead and uh, a, a lot of cost because they have a lot of vice presidents in the company? Or are they running in a in a position where they're a lot leaner and more is going to the actual costs of the policies. Yeah, I always say, and, and how much are they advertising nationally? Because some of the companies choose to actually be a face-to-face uh, distribution program where they're, they're just relying on independent brokers uh, like us mm-hmm. to actually sit down and explain which companies are. Other ones actually have national advertising campaigns. Well, you got to think, well, if they have national advertising campaigns, Yes, they're bringing maybe more more money in, but they also have more cost, you know, going out too. So it just depends on how you want to do your business. It's always interesting to look at the opposite perspective of what we think. So if you're seeing a particular life insurance company name in front of you regularly, and there's a lot of name recognition of that, why is there a lot of name recognition? Well, probably because they are using a lot of marketing dollars to make sure that you have that name in front of you on a regular basis. And yes, there's absolutely a cost to that which means the company is more top heavy than a company that you probably have never heard of. So it's just really interesting to look at some of those factors that maybe you haven't considered from that perspective. Um, Another thing that's really important is making sure that you're, or, or not making sure, but thinking about do, does the company often pay what their advertised dividend is, or are they advertising one particular dividend and then paying less and coming in less than those inflated dividend projections on a consistent basis. And then you mentioned service. And I think even bigger than just looking at the life insurance company itself, you really want to make sure that the team that you're working with has your best interest at heart, that really understands what you're trying to accomplish, that's like-minded, that you are resonating with their philosophy, that they're looking at coordinating your entire financial life together, and that they have a contingency plan in place so that they can be there to service you in your financial life from here all the way forward as long as you shall live, even if you outlive your advisors. So just really thinking about from a big picture perspective, there's so much more at stake than just whether it's direct or non-direct recognition. But we want to make sure that you're not just taking someone else's word for something. You really have the tools to be able to understand, be educated on these things if it's important to you so that you can make the best decisions. Now, I think big picture, let's just zoom out one more time. A life insurance policy is one piece of an entire financial picture and your entire financial strategy where ultimately we see most people are working towards this position of becoming to or coming to a position of being time and money free. So having time and money freedom and being able to leave the greatest legacy in their life and really truly having significance. And when you look at that, we really see in our company here at The Money Advantage, we talk about three different steps to accomplishing time and money freedom. And really that's first keeping as much of the money that you make as possible, then protecting that money. And finally making more or increasing your cash flow by putting your money to work in investments that you know and control. So if you're interested in any of that, we would love to talk with you. Our advisor team is ready and waiting. We have a calendar that's open with opportunities for you to book on our calendar. And that's a free 30-minute strategy call or an introductory call with our advisor team to find out if we're a fit for working with you and if you're a fit in working with our team and really just start the dialogue of helping you move towards 
a better, stronger financial position where you're more confident that your money is doing as much as possible for you. So I will also mention that if you're interested in finding out more about privatized banking, if this is something new to you and you're just coming into this conversation for maybe the first time, you can hop on over to privatizedbankingsecrets.com. We have a free guide that explains to you what exactly this is and how it helps you put your money to work in more than one place at the same time so that you can supercharge or double your returns and be in a position where you're accelerating that time and money freedom. Now, Bruce, is there anything you want to say before I wrap this up? No, I just, I just think um, this is a, this is a, something that we had to cover, um, and and I, I don't want to be flippant, but it's not as important as people think it is. If you really step back and think about all the factors that go into this, and um, it's, it's all about marketing. It's either marketing because a particular a producer wants to prove to you that their company, which is a direct recognition company, is important or a producer that their company is a non-direct recognition company is important. You can slant it either way, but I, I opened up this the talk and I'm going to end it like this, is that these companies would not have stayed in business for 120 plus years if one was considerably better than the other. Um, economics just, they don't work that way. Thank you for that awesome uh, piece of thought to just be able to mull on. So if you're listening today and you want to move forward, we'd love to be a part of your process and your story. And remember, in closing, success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.